So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're already here. That these people, each one of them, is closer to you than they think they are, including me. Father, Pastor spoke earlier about things being exposed, about the, the Nephilim, the hybrids, the influence and the systems that have existed on this earth for a long, long time. And they are on a rampage recently. But Lord, you are able. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is stronger than anything from the enemy. Amen. And we stand on your promises, God, on your living word. We stand on the prophetic words that you spoke that your Holy Spirit speaks now on those anointed righteous words that have been spoken over us, Lord, that like we read in 1 Timothy when Paul was admonishing Timothy to stand and remember those prophetic words in God's word that righteous people have spoken over us the Holy Spirit that you have spoken over us that we might be able to fight the good warfare. We were made for war. As Pastor Obi graciously and wisely shared, uh, troubles come. And in every moment, whether it's high or low, good or bad, peaceful or terrible war, Every moment is a portal to eternity. Amen. To remember, to realize, to meditate on, to allow the assimilation of God's word and plan for us, created before the foundation of the world, for that to resonate, to rise to the surface, that we can fight the good warfare, that his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we are each warriors. You are valiant warriors to gather together here in this society around the world today that calls evil good and calls good evil. That we will stand, we will fight till our last breath. We will stand for the Lord. We will stand on his word, strand for truth and righteousness, holiness, living a sanctified life. And though we may be the last one on earth, we will boast in the Lord Amen. and we will stand. Amen. Having done all that we can do, we yes. continue to stand, but we go forth with, with victory in our hearts, knowing the completed work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. On the cross. That before the foundations of the world, all the days of our lives were written in his book. Amen. And like in Revelations 4.1, he says, come up here. Amen. Or Hebrews 4.16, let us go now with confidence, with boldness, into the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Lord, we, we need your mercy. We need your grace. We can do none of this without you, Jesus. But through Christ, we can do all things because he strengthens us for these battles ahead. 
We read in Revelations, excuse me, Revelations 21 of those on the day of judgment that are cast into the lake of fire. The first one mentioned is cowards. Look it up. It's no time for cowardly behavior or lack of courage or lack of faith. For we have all come to this place like we read in the book of Joshua to a place we've not been before. Thankfully, we survived COVID. Some didn't. They're home with with Jesus if they knew him as Lord and Savior. But this is preparing us. And look what's happening now of the perversion and the demonic deception that is rampant around the world through the spirit of mammon, of greed, that that pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies would tell us fake science. When they would politicize so many things, when they would pervert children in school, God created man and woman. You don't get to choose later. Lord, help us to to see our identity in Christ Jesus, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made as we are. And we, we pledge ourselves together, Lord, to fight for the younger generation, the precious, innocent children that are being perverted and mutilated. And uh, I mean, all this stuff is so bizarre and so evil. We cannot allow this to continue I have three boys and I have two grandchildren, ages around two and around 10 years old. And if you have young children in school, I encourage you to pull them out of school and homeschool them, send them to a private school where you know and you're welcome to be involved in what is being taught to children. To get involved in local school elections or run for the school board, but do something uh, Pastor Obi and I were talking earlier before the service. You know, if, if we are silent, nowadays it's becoming evident that we are in agreement. If we are silent and not proclaiming the word of the Lord, it's no time for, for chickens to fly with the eagles. It's no time for cowards. We need to stand up, even if we're uh, persecuted or, the, or pushed back or even discriminated against for our beliefs, who's going to stand up? If not us, who? And just like the, the, um, the patriots of old when our country was founded, they weren't perfect. No Christian before us is perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. I'm far from perfect. I make mistakes. I still mess up. I still uh, sin. But you know, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Father God, we just pray blessings, all spiritual blessings on each one here, each person, each family, each home represented, whether they be in in the workplace or retired or in ministry. Lord, everything that we do is ministry and service unto you, Lord. That our lives are not our own. Lord, that today we want to get out of our carnal intellect and into our spirit man or woman to encounter you in a fresh new way. 
Lord, we thank you that your mercies are new each morning. We thank you for that fresh breath, that fresh wind of your spirit that's blowing across each one into our lives, deep into our spirit. Beyond the mind, will, and emotions, deep into our spirit, man or woman. That is the authority in each of our lives and that we each have a responsibility many responsibilities but we have a personal responsibility as pastor obi said he's here to make sure you receive your inheritance and lord we call forth that inheritance that we have as a joint heir with christ jesus our older brother father we thank you for the great cloud of witnesses those who prayed us into the kingdom, those from generations past who were faithful. And we read in Hebrews 11, 37 to 40, you know, the heroes of the faith chapter. And starting in verse 37, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Now hear this. God having provided something better for us. Say us. us. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Mm. Beloved, your life is not your own. Mm -hmm. You might think it is, and you can go the way of the world or you can go the way of the cross. To pick up that generational mandate from Abraham, from Moses, from Daniel, from Joseph, from Jesus, and those who prayed you into the kingdom. Could have been a neighbor or a relative. Could have been a, a, a loving teacher that sowed those seeds, as they talked earlier about sowing those seeds. We speak life with our words. We're given our voice. You're given your voice. And the Lord is going to amplify your voice in the days ahead Amen. to speak out, Amen. to speak up for those that are downtrodden, that those are suffering injustice, that those that are overlooked, those that are neglected, rejected, that have been shamed out of, out of society or shamed out of their family or shamed out of the churches. Father, prepare our hearts as you sow these seeds continually of your word, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, thank you. We love you. All the seven spirits of God. That we would move as spiritual beings in these temporary clay vessels. Lord, to fulfill what you created us for. 
before time and space began, he was dreaming of you. When Jesus hung on the cross, he was seeing you. What was Jesus seeing in you? Then he died such a torturous death for you. If you were the only one in the world that he died for, he, he does it. He did it for you. You were on his heart. Lord, teach us how to love. The other day I was listening to um, a teaching by Larry Randolph. I encourage you to look him up. He's 73 years old now. And very prophetic voice. Traveled around the world. And he talked about the three kindnesses on the last three days of Jesus' life. He talked about the, la the evening of the Last Supper as we just took communion in remembrance of him. And what did Jesus do? Jesus knew the betrayer, Judas, was there. But he washed the disciples' feet. And Peter, being Peter at that time, resisted. But Jesus still washed his feet. And then soon after, Judas betrayed him. He knew it. He knew it was coming. And then on the cross, Jesus, the creator of the universe, our savior, our messiah, our healer, our advocate, our captain of the host of the army, he could have said a lot of things. But near the end, what did he say? He said, Mother, look at your son, John. John, look after your mother. Lord, teach us that kind of love that we would care about our mother. Who's going to watch after my mother? This is the creator of the universe. Our savior, our healer. And it's so true what Pastor Obi said that we don't get saved by ourselves. We can't do any of this without him. It's by his grace. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know. Did you ever feel that way? We think we know. And we may know in our intellect, we may know how to read the words in the Bible and we know what let there be light means. Do we understand, have we received the revelation that is ever growing of God's voice, ever expanding? Let there be light. We're to walk in the light as he is in the light. And we're to bring the light and the darkness a little bit of light destroys the darkness. And he said, don't hire, hide our lantern under a, a basket to let it shine. It's not, Jesus didn't sing this little light of mine. <laughs> you know, I don't, Jesus did not sing that. <laughs> He's the light of the world. Amen. <laughs> No man cometh unto the Father but by him. 
Say, I'm going to let my light shine. I don't care if the world thinks I'm crazy. Paul said, if we're in our right minds, it's for the Lord. If we're out of our minds, it's for you. So be bold. Be courageous. Be um, faithful. Be obedient. Let's look at Ezekiel for a moment. Do you want to be like Ezekiel? Great prophet. Powerful prophecies he spoke. The Lord told him, Son, lay on your right side naked for 365 days. Would you do that? I'd, I would be severely challenged. <laughs> but if we're new creations in Christ Jesus, what does it matter what he tells us to do? There are times when people will not understand. When, when your peers, your loved ones, even your spouse may not understand. You know, the, how do we reconcile? You know, the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. There is. But if Ezekiel went to his counselors and said, Hey guys, uh, the Lord told me to do this. What would they say? But the Lord sends the Holy Spirit continually to lead us, to guide us, to show us discernment, particularly in this time. Bob Jones is a great prophet. He's spoken to my life many times. I wish I took better notes. I wish that I understood what he was saying. You know, he was like a a country boy from Arkansas. And here's an example of one of his prophetic words. He was driving over the railroad tracks down in Fort Mill, South Carolina, right over the Charlotte border, maybe 2010 or 11 or 12. And he's driving over the railroad tracks in his car, and he sees a giant banana in the sky. And he comes into a meeting with a bunch of pastors and leaders. And he said, I saw a vision of a banana up in the sky, a big banana. I don't know what it meant. He was honest. And the next day at that time, we still got the, the paper copy of the Charlotte Observer newspaper. The next day it said, Chiquita Banana Corporation moves headquarters to Charlotte. You hear from the Lord more than you think you do. He trusts us Amen. to trust us more. About three years ago, I was at a conference up in Moravian Falls speaking. And boy, he just said it so clearly. And I just say what he says. I'm still learning what he means by that. But the Spirit said, I trust you to trust me more. Even when the world doesn't understand, even when your friends or your circle of influence doesn't understand. He's the creator. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the author and the finisher of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, help us to, uh, for more understanding or revelation, for more understanding and the spirit of wisdom and revelation to see into the unseen realm, the reality that is more real than what we're seeing with our natural eye. For the joy set before him, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And after Jesus was crucified and, and resurrected and ascended, he is seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father, far above all principalities and powers <clears throat> and dominions in the third heaven. If we do spiritual warfare down here in the first heaven, we're, we'll get slaughtered. Because we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, he's showing us, he trusts us to trust him more, to see with his eyes, with his heart, to understand with the faith of God, not just faith in God. The demons knew, knew about the Lord. But their redemption is past the expiry date. Mm -hmm. Ours is not. Amen. And we're to always point people on the path, the redemptive path, found only through Jesus Christ. Trauma is everywhere. Mm -hmm. I've suffered trauma. You have, whether you're honest or not. And the world has been through hell the last few years and it's accelerating and it uh, you know um, people used to talk about the new normal well norm got fired <laughs> he got terminated and norm's not coming back <laughs> norm got the pink slip he said what i do i was just going to work every day doing my thing you know moses You know, his first 40 years was in Egypt. Then he came out, and then he was in the desert as a shepherd for 40 years. His normal at that time was guarding those sheep. And he was out on the mountain, and he saw a bush burning. Now, because of the heat in the desert around there, it's not uncommon for a bush to burn from the intense heat and the sunlight and the dry dryness of the plants there. And uh, what is uncommon is that the bush was not consumed. He went to work that day, walking the sheep. Other people had probably seen burning bushes Right. And some people may have even seen that bush burning. Mm -hmm. But Moses had a curiosity in him. So I pray for a sanctified curiosity, Amen. a sanctified imagination Amen. in each of you that you'll have a holy curiosity to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he, when he breathes on the water. 
when he walks on the water. Moses saw that bush burning and not being consumed. But he said, this is not normal. (laughs) This didn't happen yesterday. And his, his curiousness increased his sensitivity to what is this strange thing that I'm witnessing. Right. Father God sees all, knows all, and is everywhere. So he spoke to Moses. He said, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. The whole world changed. Mm-hmm. Particularly, the destiny of Moses changed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, many people, many in church leadership will say, oh, you need to have goals, you need to set plans, and we do need to have goals. You know, Habakkuk 2.2 was a central scripture in my life in January of 1995. You'll write the vision down, make it known, and in the appointed time, you'll be ready to run with it. That changed my life. I didn't know how. But in, in January of 95, I wrote down some prayers and some goals to spend more time with my family while my boys were teenagers. And I had just started a real estate business because I was being downsized by my Fortune 500 corporate employer. Yeah, I was like number seven in the whole United States. And at the Christmas party in 1994, they gave me a gold watch with a diamond in it. And I thought, ooh, this is really something. Thank you, Lord. Um, And I give give the Lord all the glory. But after that Christmas uh, banquet thing, they said, George, we want to meet you in the back room. They called me in the back room. You did such a good job. We're going to add six more people to your area. And I said, Lord, what do I do? He said to start to make plans if the downsizing really affects my family and our income. So I started with $500 in mid-1994. January 95, I write down, you know, spend more time um, in devotion, spend more time with my family while my three boys were teenagers, and that my uh, real estate income would equal my day job income in five years time and that I'd be able to go on a mission trip overseas because I didn't get into missions till 1998. But I'd written down that I'd be able to go on a mission trip within three years and it was three years later I went on my first trip. I had no idea. I got ready though. I got my passport and I was ready and we were occasional donors of CMM, which at that time was Corel Missionary Ministries. Since they've all gone home to be with the Lord, I had asked for permission to change the name in the early 2000s to Christ's Mandate for Mission. So we're a 501c3, and we work with, with indigenous missionaries and missionaries from all over the world in 70 different nations. And we've been so blessed, blessed, beyond. If I never got another blessing, I would just boast in the Lord till my last breath of how good he is, how faithful he is. When we step out, when we risk it all, 
you know, in the last, since 1998, been blessed to raise by his grace alone uh, over $100 million of gifts in kind, humanitarian aid, and cash to support expanding the kingdom around the world and destroying the works of the enemy. Amen. You know, even in the surrender in Afghanistan a couple years ago, we rescued 500 Afghans who were facing almost certain death. We rescued 150 uh, young women that were in sex trade. We, we helped coordinate and our friends on the ground there did a raid into the, the, the den of thieves of crooks at 4 a.m., put those girls in a cargo container and took them across the border. And we still help care and house, house them and offer hope, comfort, uh, trauma counseling, um, uh, vocational skills, and comfort for a hope and a bright future. There are people, more people are in slavery today than ever before. How many have seen that movie? We saw it last Sunday, The Sound of Freedom. If you haven't seen it, I recommend seeing it. It will open your eyes to the evil that's going on around the world of little children, sometimes infants, mm -hmm. sold into to barbaric, evil slavery. And it's like, why does the Lord allow all these this evil to happen? He didn't allow it to happen. He didn't cause it to happen. But who is he sending to put an end to it? To make a stand for truth and righteousness, to, to bang your shofar or bang your staff on the ground seven times. Don't stop. He's faithful to complete the good work that he started in you. So back to 95, I wrote that down. So I encourage you to keep journals, write prayers and goals, even after today. What would what would be your life's dream if money's no object? God is not on a budget. I need to be on a budget, but God's not on a budget. Write down your dream. What, what would you want to do? Write it down. Share it with friends or loved ones, but keep it for yourself particularly. It's between you and the Lord. And you can see things begin to change. Amen. Job 22, 28 says, Declare a thing and it shall be established unto you. So I declare now by faith over each one of you. Some of you have dormant dreams. Some of you have ideals that you had since you were a child. Maybe to, to start an orphanage or to educate or to take in poor people or to help exile prostitutes or homosexuals or those in um, witchcraft or, or just strong atheists, you want to be able to reach them. I declare now the Holy Spirit is giving you the words. Amen. 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 The word says to be still and know that he's God. Lord, help me to be still. Help us each to be still at those right times that we don't get caught up in the busyness or the distractions or as the sister said, the hindrances that would keep us from Fulfilling what the Lord created us for. He's Amen. faithful to complete the good work that he started in each of you. And I speak to those dreams, to that, that passion. You know, the word says that he'll give us the desires of our heart. You know, if we 
declare a thing, it shall be established unto us. But when we pray, like we read in Mark 11, 23 and 24, we can speak to that mountain and say, be removed and cast into the sea. We declare now in unison for each one of you that that mountain that's been hindering you is removed and cast into the sea. That with God, nothing is impossible. We, don't, we think we can dictate or tell God how to do it. He doesn't work that way. We need to back up, be still, and let him be God. And trust him. And sometimes it's, it's quick. A lot of times it's years or decades later. But I speak to that, that passion, that ideal, that dream that you have, that you're going to begin to see it unfold like a blossom, like a flower. It's a new day. Yeah, it's yeah. a new time. The old things are passed away. Right. All things are new. Yeah. Jesus said, the work of the Father is to believe. Do we believe? Yeah. Lord, I pray that each of us would believe the way you created us to believe. Jesus said, unless we come to him with childlike faith, we will not see the kingdom of God. Amen. Lord, even though the, the world's a mess and getting darker by the day, just close your eyes right now and just imagine or visualize that you're a child because we are and we're holding tight onto father's hand and you remember when you were little when you were cross street your mommy or your daddy would say now hold on to me tight this street's busy mommy or daddy would look to the right look to the left and as a child all you had to do was look at mommy or daddy and hold their hand tight Lord, we trust you as we cross the busy thoroughfares, the highways and the byways of this nasty, evil, chaotic world full of uncertainty, and dread and evil. And Lord, we look to you and we see you smiling. We see the smile in your eyes, Abba. As you say, I've got this. Hold me tight. Don't let go. Keep your eyes fixed on my eyes, little one. And we walk, and we cross the, the busy street, and I see us walking over a pasture, a meadow, a hill that's full of, of flowers. As we awaken to eternity, where we are now, humans are the only creature ever that could be in two places at once. Amen. We're here in this room and we're in eternity. Amen. The place where he sent us from, the place where we'll return to, and the place where we are. Lord, open our eyes of eternity to see with the eyes of faith, the faith of God. Not just knowing about you or or reading about you but encountering you because you are God of relationship yes. Yes. we read in the New Testament that it said in Revelation 
Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. Lord, forgive us. We haven't known you. Have mercy on each one of us, Lord, that we would encounter you in a fresh and a new and a living way as you breathe on us with the Ruach, the breath of God. We thank you, Lord, that you make us to lay down in green meadows, that you restore our soul. Lord, right now we speak peace to every storm. Father, help us to bring to our remembrance the highest point that each of us has ever experienced with you, the, the bliss, the ecstasy, the overflowing tears of joy, of thanksgiving, of who you are, Lord, that we would come before you with a fresh reverential fear of the Lord. Your word says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Lord, we hunger and cry out for wisdom. And we bow before you in stillness in your shalom with the holy, holy, holy reverential fear of the Lord. Just pray in the spirit. Well, we thank you for angels in this room to open our eyes of our heart. Lord, we are each fearfully and wonderfully made. Help us to to breathe in your life. For you live inside each of us, Lord. And those that have been crying out for breakthrough, Lord, show them right now even that Jesus, you are the breaker. In Hebrew, it's parrots. And Jesus, you the breaker, lives in each one of them. I feel it's time for for some of us here to rededicate our sides yourselves to the Lord. If you want to do that, just stand up and we'll pray together. Lord, forgive us for times when we get discouraged 
or frustrated or hindered or blocked. Lord, that we come before you now with humble hearts, with broken spirit and a contrite heart. Lord, and we just ask you for your mercy. Lord, that we we know that you live in our in our hearts, in our lives, Lord. But life gets weary. And we're only human. And Lord, you're the God of hope. And you're igniting the bright, fiery flame of hope, holy hope in us, Lord. Jesus Christ, you live in each of us. And you are the hope of glory. And we just thank you. You'd never leave us nor forsake us. And you're always drawing us higher. Lord, just open our eyes into the dimensions of the vibrations of heaven that are calling us into a congruence even this morning. Lord, that your word says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe, then we shall be saved. And Lord, we are created in your image and help us to walk in that integrity of Christ, in the character of Christ. Lord, that our yes would be yes and our no would be no. And that our our words would would mean something. Lord, like Samuel, not a word of his would fall to the ground. Lord, raise up the young Samuels, the old Samuels, Lord, and open the ears of those in the lost and dying world that need to hear the words like Samuel. And then we'd speak to those things that be not as though they were. And Lord, we would speak to that mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. And Mark eleven twenty four says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have it and you'll receive it. Amen. So Lord, we speak to that, that those embers of fires that may have gone weak or dormant or may just be a pile of ashes. We spark them now with the revelation of who we are and who you are as we stand before you, God, in the holy reverential fear of the Most High God. And we see the the embers and the sparks starting to take off, Lord, and, and those fires are what you put in us before the world began, of those dreams of the, that destiny that you created us for. Lord, we breathe on them with the with the Ruach breath of the Holy God to spark those embers into a roaring flame. Lord, and that we speak, Lord, that what we pray and what we desire lines up with your word and your perfect will in every way. And Lord, you're you're putting us back up on the potter's wheel to be reshaped and reformed so that our character continues to be refined by fire, even through the baptisms of fire that some have been through in the last few years, Lord, mm. that it was not for naught that you work all things together for good Amen. for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And this room is full of those lovers of Jesus with the laid down lover's life of you, Jesus, to accomplish and do the great exploits that you write about. 
Thank you, Lord. Jesus' own words about John the Baptist were that he was the greatest prophet born of woman up to that time, but even the least of these shall do greater works. Jesus said that. Do you believe it? And we're not doing it out of selfish ambition. We're not doing it out of false humility. We're not doing it out of um, um, unsanctified imagination. And it may not even be me, Lord, but I know your word says it and that there are those out there, I believe, in our day that are going to fulfill it and walk it out. And Lord, if you, if you choose to me to be me, I'm just your servant. And if you choose somebody else, bless them, Lord. Help me to support them. Help me to pray and intercede for them. Help me to support them any way that I can. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. If you don't choose me, choose those ones and help me support and pray for those ones that you're rising up and you're raising up and equipping them in the younger generation, the older generation. Because you're God and I'm not. He's God and you're not. We are just his vessels. We thank you, Jesus. Let's see, I had some notes. Sorry, I get a little intoxicated at times. But thank God, he's God. It is a, a new beginning. Pastor and I were talking earlier that it was praying, you know, and I saw a vision of the of Father God blowing out some of the old clouds because I have them. I think we all do. He's blown out the old clouds, the things that we get hung up in or that obstruct our vision of the sun, the S-O-M. And his breath is breathing in this cloud of glory. Then it is a time of of new beginnings. I love the name of your church, Healing Streams. With the, woo, beautiful worship. Thank you, worshipers, and thank you. Each one of you plays such a vital part in what is going here. The great harvest is upon us. We're in a war. There's no denying it. It's all around us. And like David had five smooth stones, and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Today I'm going to cut his head off. David had Goliath. Nowadays we have giants all around us. You could almost shoot that slingshot and hit one of them. Close your eyes. Is it media? Is it government? Is it education? Is it sports? Is it drama? Is it... Whoa, what is it? Is it world affairs? But the Lord wants us to trust Him. He's trusting us to trust Him more. To be able to go forward to win these battles. And we have the victory. 
Sometimes it doesn't look like it. It's it's very messy. War is hell. What's your part? What's your assignment? You know, there today is also a day for for a commissioning of marching orders of what are you going to do on a practical level? Pastor talked about earlier. We're all talking about it. We're thinking about it. what's my responsibility? You know, in, in special forces training, Delta Force. I've met some of the founders of that from the Vietnam War and since then. And they would talk about, you know, being in the heat of the battle. The bullets are flying. Comrades have died or dying or wounded. And you can't see very far because you got to keep your head down to not get hit and shot in the head. And this one leader, he was hiding behind a, um, a little bunker, a little hill, and his commanding officer saw him with his eyes closed. And he nudged him and said, what are you doing? Wake up, we're in battle. He said, I have to get still so that I can see what's happening, what's not happening, and what am I to do about it? So this kind of ties in with all that's been spoken today from, from the first speaker this morning and then in worship and Pastor Obi of the personal responsibility. How can you, can you stay in that shalom of God? Because he gives us the peace of God that passes all understanding. Another place it said, it's the peace of God that overcomes the enemy. And we read in Psalm 91 that we're under the shadow of the Almighty. And a thousand may fall at your left, ten thousand at your right, but it shall not come upon me. It's his shalom that is your bubble of safety, of peace, of protection, where you can hear the Holy Spirit, wisdom, counsel, might. What's happening, what's not happening, and what am I to do about it? We have a friend. I could tell you stories for hours, but I know we're in America. Some of us are in Africa. <laughs> One time I was in India speaking of, we have a friend, P.G. Vargas, that has 10,000 plus churches up in the north. And he wanted me to speak to, at one of his Bible schools. And the pastors were sitting on the dirt in the grass and we have an interpreter. And uh, I asked him before service, how long would you like me to speak? And he said, oh, sorry today, Pastor, it's a busy day. You can only speak three and a half hours. And, <laughs> and it flew by. You know, and these guys, many of them are young, they're sitting on the ground just like sucking it up. Oh, I was going to tell a story. Oh, about my friend Sully, who's from Atlanta. A young father, he was a veteran, but he didn't fight in any military action. But he heard the Lord speak to him, and he had two restaurants. He sold both restaurants, went to Syria like six or eight years ago during the height of um, ISIS terror attacks. 
And another friend of, of mine who knew Sully and introduced him to me said, hey, George, he, he's called to Syria. You know guys over there, because we have people working in, in Iran, um, going in and out of Iran, North Korea, people who live in, you know, in Jordan, Iraq, Syria, um, Lebanon, um, Cyprus, uh, used to live in Turkey. Most of them have been out uh, now because of the extreme Islamic uh, government. And so I was texting with Soli. I said, yeah, we have friends there that can show you. And he said, no, he, pr he said, thank you, but no. Holy Spirit told him, don't go with any connections. I will lead you. So he goes into Syria and within three weeks, he, for the um, uh, president of the Kurds is his personal bodyguard. And they are, they are rescuing hostages, um, doing all types of exploits. Like at one time they heard that up in Raqqa, which was like the terror, one of the terror capitals, that there was uh, five people, one guy's family, that was facing death because of, of their beliefs in Raqqa. So they had to cross. He's the only American. He's the only Christian. All of his um, co-fighters are Muslims, uh, Kurdish fighters. They're in a car and they have to cross four checkpoints. Sully's the white guy and he's got to hide or wear a disguise. They get past the four checkpoints, they get to Raqqa, and they find out that there's 60 people needing rescue, not five, and they can't fit them in one vehicle. So what do they do? The, he prays, the Holy Spirit shows him, ISIS has some big trucks. <laughs> so they go and hotwire an ISIS army cargo carrier, and they get back across the four checkpoints and bring 60 plus people to safety and save their lives. Then another time, we have pictures of this, uh, our friend Michael, who lives near Atlanta, his daughter Mary gave Sully a pocket Bible to take with him. So he had his uh, flak jacket with the American flag patch over his heart and the pocket Bible in that pocket. So. He was going into battle and he was protecting the president of Kurdistan in a military ambush. And they're out to, ISIS knows who this guy is. He's easy to spot. He's the white gringo. <laughs> Boom, we got to take him out. And so they see him from our, it was nighttime and they got night vision goggles all up. And a Russian propelled grenade, RPG, like this long, I think, they're like a little missile or a torpedo. They shoot him from however far off, hit him right there in that pocket Bible over the American flag, over the heart. Knocks him over, but doesn't explode. That's God's protection in the heat of battle. You go where he says to go, you eat what he gives you to eat, and you bless it, and you thank him for it. We're, we're spoiled in this country with uh, distractions of material comforts. And, you know, the, the poorest 1% in America are wealthier than 95% of the people in the That's world. Amen. You think you've got problems. Come with me. <laughs> mm. 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 
We've taken thousands of people on mission trips and they all come back 100% changed of like discovering who God is in another culture. And we're blessed not for our own comfort. Of course, he wants the best for us. We're royal children, but so are all our other brethren around the world. So Sully gets knocked over. The wind gets knocked out of him, but God spares his life. Another time, they were in battle, and it's close battle, like hand-to-hand combat. And he sees a hand grenade coming to the president of Kurdistan next to him. No greater love has no man than he'll lay down his life for his brother. He, he dies on top of the, knocks the president over, and on top of him, and the grenade goes off, and he's slightly injured, but he saved the president's life. Then the president said, I want you to be the bodyguard of my teenage daughter. He said, I should be on the front lines. He said, I know you are a Christian, and all of my people are, are Muslims. I don't trust them, but I trust you. So God's favor comes when he can trust you. Um, I have a, a book here that you can read. You can get it on Amazon, Into the Unknown. And you read about a lot of miracles and a lot of stories and testimonies. And it's all by God's grace. But about how just by being out there, I... I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. <laughs> but he, he, he invites us to rise up on eagle's wings and soar with him. And to dream big. You know, and I had no idea. And, and here in 1994, you know, I was in the marketplace. And I'm getting downsized. Things happen outside our control, right, Pastor? That's right. I'm getting downsized. What do I do? I kind of get into real estate investing. I didn't know anything. I started with $500 and I bought a, a burned out house in a crack neighborhood. And in seven years time, the Lord showed just by his wisdom and his kindness and his love and his mercy, how to start with $500 and he turned it into $15 million where we could buy over 300 properties. I made a lot of mistakes. I still do. But he's so good and he's so faithful. But that gave me the time and the money in real estate to go into to missions. I was telling Pastor earlier in, in March of 2001, nine mo- six months before 9-11 happened, the terror attack, Lord speaks to me and says, sell all your properties, I'm calling you into missions. I said, oh Lord, that's, that's a big ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> I called my pastor, David. He said, Pastor David, I need to talk to you right away. He said, George, you never asked for a personal appointment. I was like an elder for seven years. And uh, he said, come on out. So I go there and I tell him what the Lord said. He said, why would God say that? (laughs) I said, I don't know. That's why I come to you. You're the pastor. Psalm 118.8 says, it's better to trust in God than man. That costs us a lot of money. Because I listened to the pastor. Now, I'm not, that was my pastor. You, you should listen to your pastor. <laughs> that only applies outside the world. 
and so I, I delayed, but then, you know, because we had all the 300 houses, usually at 200 at a time, we had bought 300 total, but we'd helped over 100 families rebuild their credit. And at the time I got started with the 500 house, I had bad credit, no money. I didn't know what to do. The Lord said, try this. I, Lord, you said it. I believe it. I'll do it. <laughs> got my credit back up. Boom. I went to some crazy seminars. One was expensive. It was $2,500 in like 1996 or 7 in New Orleans. And it was called, How to Get the Banks Begging to Loan You Money. <laughs> I said, Lord, should I do that? He said, it'll be worth it. So I go down there and listen to these guys and come back. And within a month, I had a million dollars line of credit at one point over prime rate. And that just exploded our business. So um, the Lord uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I'm a prime example of a foolish one who loves the Lord and trusts him. And the righteous may stumble seven times, but he's faithful to pick us up. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to risk it all. That's, you know, um, uh, Hudson Taylor, great missionary to China, said, without risk, there's no room for faith to work. So I speak into your faith. But really the faith of God that he put in you, that, that mustard seed faith. Mm. And the mustard seed is so tiny. Mm. And Lord did that for a reason. Like he does he doesn't do anything. You know, in Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. You said that this morning. Of uh you didn't say the Hebrew, but I'm adding to it. It was very insightful. There's there's no coincidence. He orders our steps. He knew before the foundation of the world that we'd each be here today. How great is our God? And he's smiling. He's giving you hope, a renewed sense of, of peace, of his deep shalom in you wherever you're at. And the harvest is upon us in the midst of the warfare. It, like Pastor said, get used to it. Are we ready for the harvest? Amen. You know, I've seen in these chairs and the chairs and other rooms and the new chairs that you have to get. You can have some very different people coming in here. Witches, witch doctors, homosexuals, prostitutes, transvestites. You're going to help them discover their identity as you learn how to love. The word says if you've done one sin, you've done them all. There's not one that's, oh, homosexuality is the worst one. They're all the worst. And the Lord is using you, preparing you for this harvest that's all around us. And the, and the fields are ripe unto harvest. If we'll learn how to love. And we pray for those people. And serve them and, and give away food. You may not have much, but you can give away a can of, of beans or some uh, salami or hot dogs to somebody homeless on the street. And you'll see the favor come as you give away, as you pour yourself out. The Lord will say, I, I can trust them now because they're giving it away. Amen. They're seeing it's Amen. not for their own hoarding. It's not for their own comfort. They're doing things for other people, for my people. 
He created those people. Yeah. They may be living in a tent or a cardboard shack under a bridge. He's calling us out. Yeah. I remember in the mid-90s there, several times I heard the audible voice of the Lord, and he would say, I'm, I'm calling you out. I'm still learning what that means. He's calling us out. Out of our own lives, out of our own self-focused uh, dramas and dilemmas. I'll tell you a story about um, a friend in um, Pakistan. He's home with the Lord now. And like 10 years ago or so, he, he texted and said, I need help getting out of Pakistan. I've been threatened with uh, fatwas. I've had two fatwas against me in the United States. And that's where, that's a death sentence because of coming against Islamic uh, ideology. It's not a religion, it's an ideology and it's demonic. But we have many friends that are former Muslims, witch doctors, atheists, um, all types, Buddhists, that come to the Lord. It's like, you didn't have any say in what country you were born or what color your skin was. Yeah. We're all child of the living God. And so this guy, his name was Sohail Canwell. He's texting, I need to get out. So we put him in touch with some friends in Thailand. And he went down there with his family for, for a few years. And then he, he messaged and said, I, I have to go back. If it's just to win one soul, I have to go back to Pakistan. And that's like a certain death sentence. So he goes back, and you know when that happens, and we get a lot of questions from people, it's like, you just gotta hear from the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. I'm not gonna tell you. You have to hear from the Lord and do what the Lord tells you to do. Amen. And we pray, we love you and we'll pray for you. So he goes back to Pakistan. And he's, he's living underground. His family stays in Thailand. He, and he's there for another couple of years going around. His heart was for um, slave children in brick kiln factories. Now, we regularly buy families, whole families out of debt bondage sold to Muslim um, brick kiln factory owners. And he had a heart for those children of the slaves who are totally innocent in the brick kiln factories. Mm -hmm. And so he's going from place to place and we're praying for him to support. And now we do have prophetic teams. Uh, Pastor Obi and I were talking and we plan on bringing prophetic teams up here. They're on sabbatical during the summer, but you can go to our website. I'll leave some cards and I got some postcards to our website of cmm.world and go request prophetic ministry and fill that in. And our teams will coordinate with you, send you an email, set up a Zoom appointment. And all they they may know is this is Pastor Obi and his wife in Natick Mass and they want to hear from the Lord. And they pray, Holy Spirit is so good as we as we listen to him, as we hunger and thirst and we ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying for dear Pastor Obi and his wife? And they, they can just boom, go for 10, 20 minutes of of um, speaking life, faith, encouragement, good things. They don't reveal secret sin. It's to build you up according to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. 
uh, to edify, to encourage, to exhort. Um, you want to hear another testimony? Let me think of the most appropriate one of how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Are you hungry for the Holy Spirit? Amen. So Lord, right now I just declare and proclaim by faith that they'll have prophetic dreams and visions and encounters seen into the unseen realm that whether it's through angels or heavenly beings or that still small voice or that confirming sign, vision, perhaps on a billboard on the side of the highway or in a secular movie, Lord, that you would speak to them and it would resonate. Just as Moses, your servant, was on the mountain tending sheep. And through that moment of serendipity, he was doing his job tending the sheep, but he had a sanctified curiosity. And he saw this bush burning that was not consumed. And the world changed. Are you prepared to be at the right place at the right time? And it could look like, oh, I'm just doing my thing. Like pastor said earlier today, what was the day that you gave your heart to the Lord and you asked Jesus into your heart? Was the start of that day, was any different than the day before? Life happens. And the Lord is hovering over the waters in your life. Like when the Lord created the heavens and the earth, and he said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. And the waters were formless and void. And the Holy Spirit brought order. There's chaos and darkness, stormy waters all around us. The Holy Spirit of the living God is in you to speak peace to the storms. So right now, Lord, we just speak peace to every storm. And Lord, that you would show us what you see in other people. When we're in a grocery store, in a marketplace, or the workplace, or going across the street or in our neighborhood, Lord, highlight in your creations, even strangers that we don't know or people that look much different than us or we don't understand. Help us to see what you see in them and speak to that. That you give us the audacity in our spirit man or woman, the audacity to speak your words, your life, faith, hope, encouragement that can brighten someone's day. Lord, let our goal be each day that we leave everyone better off than when we found them. That we leave the mark of the glory of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, on every person we meet. Oh, here's a funny story. Not the one I was thinking about. This one's funny about prophetic. Of um, One time I was on prophetic teams at church, and there was a conference going on, so there were many teams of three or four that were ministering to attendees at this conference. And there was a family there that had like five or six kids. And I 
giving words to the mom and dad and then the older brothers and sisters. And there was a little boy uh, that came up. He was the last one, kind of like David. He was the rump of the family. And, and he comes up and he's just really cute, cheerful, happy little guy. And I'm praying, I said, Lord, you know, in my, under my voice, Holy Spirit, what are you saying for this young man? And it was, it was one word. And I said, is that it, Holy Spirit? He said, just say that. I said, son, I got one word for you. Pickles. And he said, he said started laughing. He said, oh, 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 I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I said, Pickles, what's up with Pickles? He said, wait here, I got to get my dad. And he goes over and brings his dad back. And the day before, he was sitting on his papa's lap. And he said, Daddy, you know what my favorite food is? And the dad says, what? He goes, pickles. <laughs> I said, son, that's how much God loves you. Mm. That he would say that to confirm that to you, that he's in the details. Yeah. And he's using his vessels of clay, his, his prophets, pastors, um, apostles, evangelists, and teachers to speak. So the fivefold is emphasized and needs to be equipped and released and prepared. Because you know, in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, it, it says that they're, they're needed until we all come into the full stature of Christ. That's his goal. That's our goal, is to walk in the fullness of his joy, to come into the fullness of his stature. And you can whistle while you work. Even when the, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, that's not for you. That's for those that don't know the Lord, those that deny God. But that's not for you. We will walk into that land of promise because we're covenant children of God. And he's preparing the mature sons and daughters of God to rise up to bring in the army like Pied Piper of those that are hungry for love, that are starving for love, that are hungry for the truth. And they wanna know that somebody cares, that somebody loves them. Whether it be uh, Mother Teresa or George Mueller. George Mueller, you know, in England, he never asked for money, but he prayed and trusted God. I think it was like 130,000 orphans he took care of and gave them an education. What's God calling you to do? What do you dream about? For some of you, I, I know you got books in. For a worship team, I was seeing new, new hymns and new songs, singing in the spirit. That's beautiful. It's anointed. But the Lord's just saying, keep on going forward, you know, and go higher. And he gives you those words. And I pray that he gives you the words for your books for your songs, for your hymns that you can't write fast enough. Amen. Say, Lord, let me write this down. Or you get a recorder and just speak what he's speaking right. to you. Amen. And take it and write it like Habakkuk 2.2. Make it known and run with it. And the appointed time, woo, the world will say, who's this? Even Jesus went back to Nazareth. Who's this? And even a prophet wasn't accepted in his hometown. And he couldn't do many miracles there because of their lack of belief. 
Lord, forgive me of my doubt and unbelief. Forgive each of us of our doubt and unbelief that we would question or we would think we're not worthy. You know, your word says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So let's stand. Lord, right now, we just um, thank you that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That you're washing us clean. You're breathing on us with fresh breath, with the Ruach, with your loving uh, spirit. Lord, it's like fragrance of roses of your presence as you're breathing on us. We're your children, Abba. Papa, help us. Hold our hands tight. Don't let us go into the dangerous traffic without you. We know the plans that you have for us, the thoughts that you have for us for to prosper, even as our soul prospers. Although I just release the dreams, I release the ideals, the, the visions that they had when they were younger. Lord, to dream that impossible dream, Lord, to help us to know and even get a glimpse more of how you dream about us. Lord, have, have you sowed the seeds of our life, of our destiny, of our purpose, of our families? And Lord, out of the imperfections of life, you bring perfection, you bring fullness as you change our lenses, change our lenses to see with heaven's eyes, with the eyes of Jesus. Or for some, it's to care for our elderly parents or a loved one or a relative. For others, it's to take in children, daycare, to rescue them from the perversion of a public teacher's union, education system. And if you're a public school teacher, I bless you in the name of the Lord. And we need to pray for them and reach out to them. That's a whole harvest field of people that can impact and save children's lives from the distortions, from the lies, from the harmful, lifelong, permanent traumas that they would face or if they don't stay true to who you made them to be. And Lord, we just thank you for freedom that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And through you, Jesus, we are truly free. And Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. Change things, shake things up. I see like a chessboard or a crossword puzzle that people have been working so methodically and religiously on, and he's just shaking it up. <laughs> How about my way? <laughs> Lord, we just surrender. And we say, Lord, help, help me to get out of your way, Yahweh. We choose Yahweh. We choose life. We thank you for the waterfalls of peace and refreshing, and refreshing and reflections of your glory through each one here, Lord. You would just uh, call forth the army, release the river. Release the river of life, like they sang earlier, the rivers of living water flowing out of every belly in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Bless you all. We love you. Look forward to seeing you next time. Continue. You know, I just want to give everyone 